So if you do have a Bible, uh, turn to 1 Chronicles 4. We are going to look at one uh, scripture, actually one sets it up, and then actually one scripture, uh, 4, 9, and 10. 1 Chronicles 4, uh, 9 through 10. And um, we are going to uh, take a look at these two verses and um, read them in context and then try to make some sense out of them for uh, prayer for 2023, our heart's desire uh, for 2023. So um, as we have mentioned, Jabez here is in the midst of a long genealogy and the majority of the genealogy given here um, says the same thing. They lived and they died. They lived and they died. They lived and they died. It was just like the lives were stacked upon one upon another and none of them had any spiritual significance. None of them made a difference in God's kingdom. But then we get the Jabez, kind of like the diamond in the rough. We get this sparkle, this, uh, this hope, this promise, this prayer. Matter of fact, an author wrote a best-selling book called The Prayer of Jabez. And so this prayer uh, that he is requesting or this offering up to the Lord that he asks about um, is, uh, is very, uh, a very good prayer. And so verse 9, 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10 says this. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez saying because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you had blessed me indeed and enlarged my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And as you begin to think about this, immediately you realize that in the first verse, in verse 9, it says that uh, because I bore him in pain. So in other words, uh, this was a very difficult time. This was a time uh, in the life of the nation of Israel where there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of suffering because of the consequences of their disobedience. People were disobeying God and the consequences from disobeying God had begun to uh, bear its marks on the people. And it's always a great reminder, especially going into a new year and looking back on an old year. It's so true. Sin always has consequences. It always does disobedience always has consequences it has them in our personal lives and it has a, has them in our uh, corporate lives as well and I think most of us if we were to look to our country today we realize there are some consequences that are happening in our country because of the disobedience we have had to God and his word and it's a, uh, not, not so much a very difficult time right now but it's beginning the process of becoming a difficult time a difficult time because of the consequences of disobedience from God. And that's what was happening here. The people of the world was living for all the things of the world. They had put God aside and they had begun to just go through life and consume whatever they could consume and do whatever they wanted to do without any regard to God, His will, or His purpose for them, for their country, for their family. They just wanted to consume everything they had, everything they would do, and just go through the motions. And there was no one who would step up and say, that's not right, we shouldn't be living that way. And yet one after another, after another, after another began to just follow the crowd. And next thing you know, they began shuffling through uh, not just months, but years and decades. And that's the way it happens in life, is it not? 
A lot of times when we start to walk away from God and we begin to follow the way of the world, next thing you know, it's a month goes by and you haven't prayed or read your Bible or went to church. And then two months. And then months turn into years. And then years turn into decades. And we get to a point in our life where we look back and say, what happened? How did my life so radically change and I didn't even know it was happening? Because we put it in neutral and we begin to just go with the flow. and We go uh, down the path of the world. And that's what was happening here. But praise God, we can be like Jabez. Jabez was different. His mother noticed it. His brothers noticed it. It said he was more honorable than his brothers, meaning that he had a desire. There was something in Jabez that was radically different than the status quo. And everything that the world was living for, Jabez was wanting to live for something more. And usually, as a Christian, as in life, that's what it comes down to for our purpose in life. If our life is nothing but to be consumed what's in this world, when we get to the end of our life, we're going to be extremely empty and dry. We have learned this lesson from Solomon, who had all the things of the world. And he got to the end of it, and he said, life is vanity. It's just, it's just a vapor. It's just a mist that comes and goes, and it's all empty of empty. And that little mist there, that vapor mist, is kind of like when you open up a, a jar of peanuts or maybe when you open up a Coca-Cola and that little mist just comes up and goes. And you think about our lives in the, in the light of eternity. If we can make eternity a line that would go across this room here, how much would your 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 years, how much of a, a mark would you make on the, uh, on the line of eternity? Not much, right? I mean, very small in compared to the grand scheme of all of eternity. And the question is, that little dot, that little mark, what are, what are you going to make a difference for are you just going to be one that comes and goes? Or you want to be like Jabez and says, I want my life different. I want my life to make a mark for God. I want my life to be more honorable than I want to please God. And I want God to do something in my life that he's not doing in anyone else's life. I want God to work in me. And I find it uh, very interesting here that Jabez wasn't worried about everyone else. He was worried about himself. And I know a lot of times when we come through the end of the year and we get to the beginning of next year, a lot of times what we do is begin to compare our lives to others, right? All of a sudden we start saying, well, you know, I didn't do as what I was supposed to this year, but, you know, my neighbor over there, he did worse than I did, or she did worse than I did, or maybe my wife, or maybe my kids, or maybe uh, someone else didn't do what they were supposed to. And we begin to compare ourselves. Well, Jabez wasn't comparing himself. He was getting honest before the Lord. And he was talking about his own life. And he had a desire that he wanted God to do something radically different. And when Jabez had this desire in his heart, he, he put out this prayer. And he prayed this prayer in such a way that I think we could use this for, as a prayer for 2023. And I hope as we bullet point this prayer and as we begin to think about his request from God that in our lives we can begin to evaluate where we stand and where we need to be. And where we can get to the end of 2023 and say, like Jabez, we were more honorable than our brothers or those in this world because we had a desire to do something great for God. We had a desire for God to do something different than just the status quo of this world. We have a desire to do something than just get more money this year or get a better job or consume more worldly pleasures. We have a desire to do a work for God. 
We have a desire for God to do something in us that's going to change eternity. Literally, not just in our lives, but in other people's lives. And a question for you and for me to ask ourselves is really, in 2022, everything that you did, is it really going to matter 10 years from now? Is it really going to matter 50 years from now? Is it really going to matter 100 years from now? I mean, the things that we concentrate on, the things that we stress ourselves about, the things that we think are so important 100 years from now, it's not going to make any difference at all, right? I mean, they are just flying. They just, they just go through the motions, and they, 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 we begin to fall for that trap. And the question is, are we going to be concentrated? Are we going to be focused? You know, uh, we had the opportunity to go up to the mountains this past week, and we went up to um, Gatlinburg, and we went up to uh, with, uh, I think, the other half of the country went up there as well. Uh, I hope this area was empty because that, that was full up there. But uh, going through Cades Cove, right, there's a little place called Cades Cove, and you go through Cades Cove there, and all of a sudden you realize that everybody that stops to look at something's not really stopping to look at an animal, right? They're just stopping because the person in front of them stops, right? And so they think something's there, and so they stop. The next person stops, the next person stops. So after nine miles of this little trail through there, and it takes about two and a half hours, you realize there wasn't a whole lot to see in there, all right? Because most people were just stopping to stop, to, to stop to say that they thought maybe something was there and something was a part of their life. And a lot of times that's the way people are with life. They feel like, man, there's something to getting more money. There's something to having a nicer car. There's something to in this life that's going to make me different. But when we get to the end of it, we realize that didn't really make me happy anyways. You know, that really didn't make a change in my life. That really didn't make anything different, a uh, difference in my life. And, and, and we as Christians should know better. We shouldn't just go with status quo. We shouldn't just get in line. We should go and find and uh, seek uh, true things of God in our life. And Jabez, his prayer is like that. And, and his prayer was to stop living for this world and start living for God's kingdom. That's what he wanted more than anything else. He wanted to make an impact for eternity. So as we begin to think about 2023 and the prayer of Jabez, we must first be men and women of prayer. That's number one. Let me tell you, in verse 10, when Jabez called on the God of Israel, he's giving you a key to where it all begins. If you want your life to be different, you got to begin to pray. you got to pray to God. He says he called on the God of Israel because he knew God had the power and the authority to be able to do something different in his life. And that's what we must believe in our life. What we have naturally and what we have in our own power is, is the only results we're ever going to get. But as a Christian, we have the power of prayer. Prayer is getting God involved in our lives. Prayer is joining with God on mission for Him. And when you join on mission for God, that's when His power comes in your life. And we must know the power of prayer. And I believe in my life, one of the most neglected weapons that I have in my life that I don't use is prayer. We discount prayer so much. You know, as Christians, it's sad to say, but we look at prayer as a last resort, not the first stop, right? And we get to the end and we think, well, we've called everybody, we've told everybody, and we've tried everything. I guess we're just going to have to pray, right? I mean... That shouldn't be the way that we think about this. Prayer is a weapon. Prayer is something we should go to first in our life. 
And Jabez knew that he was going to do anything for God. It had to be done with God's power. And how you get God's power is through prayer. And when you think about 2022, you think about your life. You think about 24 hours a day. You think about the moments that you have in the morning. I I read an article just recently that said the majority of people spend six to seven hours on a smartphone or a device a day. Think about that. Two to three hours on social media. Looking at people that you don't even like, right? I mean, thinking about how they, <laughs> how they have all these things and you don't have them and all these things. And yet, when it comes to prayer, sometimes maybe five minutes is all we got. Or maybe on the way to work or maybe on the way home from work. But listen, as a Christian, we got to carve out time for prayer, we got to set it aside and say, hey, this first 15 minutes or this first 30 minutes or this time in my life, I'm going to set it aside and call out on God because I need God in my life and I need His power in my life. And Jabez wanted to do something great for God and he started praying. You want something great in your life? Start praying. Start praying. You want God to radically change your marriage in 2023? Start praying. You want God to change your family in 2023? Start praying. We want God to do something great in our church beyond what we can do? Start praying. And when we pray, there's always power because power comes from God and prayer changes things. I always like to say, like I said, prayer is getting the supernatural uh, involved with the natural. It is praying that God's hand and his will and his work comes into your life. And as we pray for our life, we pray for our family, we pray for our church, we're inviting God to get involved in our life every single day. And we are giving him the permission. We are asking him. We are requesting him. God, I need more than what I can do on my own. And that's why I'm calling out on you in prayer. Let me tell you. You want to be a man or woman of prayer? Let God get you desperate enough. And I promise you, you'll pray. Right? Let me tell you. Sometimes God puts us in places to where he shows us prayers. Uh, prayer is something that we is a must. Right? Like, like we know and we are to the last part of our life and we need that prayer. and We call out on God earnestly in prayer. But why does it take that in our life so many times? Why don't when we get up in the morning before our feet hit the floor that we begin our day in prayer? Why is it not that we don't call out on God in prayer before uh, going to our family or our marriages or our homes or our lives? We shouldn't have to get to the bottom then, then try prayer Let's get in the front of it and make sure that we are, we are men and women of prayer. And I think if we could take a calendar and we could take a timer and we could put up on the screen how much time we spend in prayer, I think we all would be in agreement that we need more prayer in our life. We need more prayer as a church. We need more prayer as families in this world. Let me tell you, we need more prayer for our children. One thing that excites me about our church is our children's ministry and those young children in our, fam- in, our, in our lives. You know why? Because we need to reach them before they get to the, to the danger zone. And let me tell you, that danger zone from this world is getting younger and younger every year. Listen, they're being exposed to things in kindergarten and first grade and second grade that I didn't even see until I was in college. There are, there are things that our middle schoolers are dealing with that, has never, that I've never even heard of before. 
I mean, when Courtney's teaching me things about things of the world, I'm thinking, what in the world kind of, kind of environment do our children live in? And let me tell you, what we need for them is prayer. We need to be a, a family of prayer. We need to be a church of prayer. We need to pray for our children and pray for our church and pray for our families. Prayer is inviting God to get involved in our lives. So this morning, before you leave this place, I pray that you begin with prayer. Just like Jabez. Call out on the God of Israel. Say, God, I am not able to do this, but through prayer and your power, I want you to come into my life, and I want you to do something in my life, and I'm calling, I'm inviting, I, I, I'm wanting you to work in my life. Men and women of prayer. Secondly, if you want to do something great for God in 2023, you got to have faith. You know what I've learned in my life? God never calls you to do something that doesn't take faith. It always takes faith. Man, God's economy and way he works, it always takes faith. Look what he says here in the second part of his verse. He says, oh, that you would bless me indeed and what? Enlarge my territory. He's saying, God, do something in me that I can't do of myself. Because I want to pray that I have this faith in you and trust in you that you are able to do this. That I am weak in my own strength and my own power. This is as far as I can get. But I'm praying to you and I have the faith that God can do this in my life. Faith is trusting in God to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. Hebrews 11.6. This is a great scripture. We're going to get to this in our study of Hebrews. If we ever get back to Hebrews, right? Don't you guys miss Hebrews? It feels like I've been a whole year since I've been it. It has been a whole year. That was a, sorry, that's, that's a bad dad joke, by the way. All right. Listen, as Hebrews 11:6 6 says, it's about faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You hear that? But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. I think back in my life of the times when God has come through or I have seen God work the most is in times when I needed Him the most. It is when I have chosen to step out in faith. It is when I have said, God, I know I can't do this, but I know you've called me to do it and I'm trusting in you to do something that I can't do of myself. And I have enough faith and trust in you that I am going to have this faith in you. And I'm going to trust in you to be able to do this. Listen, in the, in the calling of my life, it's always been this way. And of myself and my gifts and the talents that God has given me, I know I don't have enough to do what God has called me to do. So by faith, I have to trust in Him. And He's going to do something beyond my capabilities. That God is able to do something with my life and fulfill the calling He has for me beyond my own understanding and beyond my own comprehension. Let me tell you, throughout our church, this has happened many times in my life. Just becoming a pastor for one. Uh, Just being able to speak to people and be able to 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 stand up and present a, a message or a sermon. I, listen, I, I didn't, it's not against my personality, against my type to be able to, uh, to want to speak to people, to be able to get up in front of people, and be able to, to be one that would say and do things in, in a public manner. But I knew that God had called me to do it, and I had to make a choice. Am I going to trust God, and am I going to have faith in Him, or am I not going to uh, fulfill God's call for my life? And let me tell you, every step of the way, He has met me there every time. And listen, I've said this many times before, I'm no Billy Graham. 
I am no, you know, Adrian Rogers. I am no famous pastor, but I could tell you I'm trusting in God to do something in me that I couldn't do it myself. And I'm living it out every day, and I'm trying to do that. And this year coming ahead, God, what is it in my life and my calling that I need to trust you more for? What step do I need to take personally in my life? And I want to challenge you for the same. In your life, what is God challenging you and your calling? Listen, you may think you're just a, a lay person or you don't have a, a mission in God's uh, kingdom and you're not a called person or a pastor or a preacher. Let me tell you, if you're a Christian, you're called. We all have a mission. If I wasn't called to be a pastor, I would still have a responsibility to serve the church. God has gifted every single believer, every one of us. We all have a gift. And let me tell you, in that gift, it's going to take faith to exercise that gift. And it's going to take that opportunity for you to be able to say, I can't do this, but I'm trusting by faith in a God who can do the impossible. He can do something through me, and I'm trusting by faith in Him, and He is going to reward me for diligently seeking Him and let Him work in my life. Some of you are called to do things, and you have been holding back because you don't have the faith. Let me tell you, when you get on the, the, the faith train, you get on that, that believing in God, He can do things in your life you could never imagine. And listen, maybe you're here this morning, you realize in our church we're going to have needs. We talk about this a lot uh, recently. Pastor Josh is uh, going to be leaving us, and he is, gonna be, uh, he is going on to in ministry, and there's going to be some areas gonna be, uh, that need to be filled. And God has already prepared some of you, and God has already prepared you in your life, and He's already called you to do it, but many of us won't, won't take the faith to step out and do it. What a great time in 2023 to say, God, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know and I'm trusting in you. You've called me to do it, and I got the faith and trust in you that you called me to do it, and you're going to come through with it. I'm just trusting you, Lord. I'm going to have that faith. And maybe for you in your life, maybe it's just in your family. Maybe you're a husband or a father and you know God has called you to be the spiritual leader. And you think, man, every year I failed. How can I be the spiritual leader in my family? I haven't led my family in church. I haven't led my family in serving. I haven't led my family in teaching the word. I haven't led my family in prayer. I mean, what a great year to start, right? I mean, what a great day to say, hey, in 2023, I'm going to have faith and trust in God to do something in me that I know I can't do of my own self. That I'm going to trust in God for me to be the spiritual leader of my family. Let me tell you, you know what would change this country and this world? Is if men would become spiritual leaders again. That's what would change this world. That's what would change our church. Listen, we need men to step up and be spiritual leaders. And it takes faith to do that. It takes faith to do that. Listen, for women as well in ministry and teaching and, and, and nurturing and admonition of the Lord with our children. It's a rough world. It's a tough world. And we got to raise our children, and I know, just even in my own home, as the calling of a mother and the calling of raising kids and the calling of being that heart of the home, it gets tough, and it's a struggle, because many times you're out in the world as well, and you come home, and the last thing you want to deal with is your children, and the last thing you have to be is to have all that pressure and stress put on your life, but let me tell you, that's what God has called you to do. He's called you to be there for your kids. He's called you to raise them and nurture them and love on them, and listen, if you don't think you can do it, have the faith and trust in God to say, I'm going to be there, God, and I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better grandparent. Let me tell you, I have just extremely come into realizing how grateful I am for grandparents. My mom and my dad and Aaron's mom and her dad are great grandparents in our kids' life. 
You know, grandparents can say and influence grandkids uh, in ways that parents can't. Most of the time they spoil them. But anyhow, other than that, uh, someone said that grandchildren is the blessing for not killing your own children. That's what someone said. How about that one? But spiritually, grandparents don't discount the influence you have in their life. I know for my kids, sometimes they look like they're just looking on their phone and my dad's telling stories and my mom's doing other things like they're not paying attention. But let me tell you, they're paying attention. They're watching. They understand. They see things in grandparents' life. And maybe you're not involved in your grandkids' life because you feel like you don't have an impact in their life. Let me tell you, get, get trusting in God and say, God, if you've put me in their life, you have me here on this earth for a reason. I have another year to live. I want the faith and trust in God to do something great. And I'm trusting in God to do the impossible because it takes faith to do that. And many of us are here this morning and God's calling you to do something. Maybe he's called you five years ago. Maybe he's called you last year and you didn't have the faith and trust to do it. May this morning, may you say, God, this year, I'm going to trust in you. And you've called me to do it and I'm going to put you to the test. And I'm going to have faith and trust in you to do the impossible in my life. You want to do something great for God? It takes prayer. It takes faith. And it also takes God's presence in your life. Look what he says, that your hand would be with me. Let me tell you, one thing you're going to learn in life is the greatest thing you could have is God's presence in your life. There's a lot of promises in the Bible. But the greatest promise to me is what we just celebrated at Christmas when they called Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. And when you have God's presence in your life, it makes all the difference in the world. When you have God's presence in your life and you have God's uh, a power in your life, there's a difference in your life that's radically different than anyone else. In the Old Testament, when it talked about Joseph and it talked about him going through all the process that he went through and all the pain and the sorrow. You look at Joseph's life and you think, what in the world could Joseph have in his life that was so great? But every single time at the end of the pit or at the end of Potiphar's house or at the end of when he was put in prison and at the end of his family, it always said this, and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. And when Joseph got to the end of his life, he didn't say, my life was completely easy and I never had struggle. I never had pain. You know what he said? What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And he was with me all the days of my life. I mean, what a promise. And for you and for me, that's the promise we have going into, going into doing God's work is that we have the promise of God's presence in our life. That yes, there's going to be hard times in your health. Yes, there's going to be difficult times in your relationships. Yes, there's going to be difficult times with your kids. Yes, God's calling is not easy. But you will always have God's presence in your life. That's what, J that's what Jabez is saying here. I want God's presence in my life. It is with me and its hand is with me wherever I go. And whatever I face, I know God is there with me and leading me the whole way. And I don't know about you, but what a prayer for me and you in, the, in this life. In 2023, that every single day we will experience the hand of God in our life. What a, what a prayer. I mean, what a request. And so he says, God, I want, I want to be a God. I want, I want prayer in my life. I want faith. I want your presence. And he says, I want your protection. Look what he says, and that you would keep me from evil. And he says, I know there's going to be heartache. I know there's going to be pain. I know there's going to be opposition. Let me tell you. Don't ever think you're going to do something for God without opposition. It always comes. In fact, most of the time, people think that if they have a hard time or something goes wrong, that they feel like it's not God's will for their life. I always say the opposite. 
If you have something difficult in your life, an opposition that comes from you doing something for God, it most of the time is the right way. Uh, Dr. Vines used to say, if you and the devil never get into a, a fight, you might be going in the same direction, right? He, he would always say that in our life, if we're going to do something great for God, if we're going to push against the flow, if we're going to go against something that is of this world, we better be ready for opposition, we have an enemy, we have the world, we have all these things that will come against us, but praise God, we will have a God who can keep us from those things, that God can protect us, that God can, can be with us, and he also can protect us. You know where the safest place for you to be in 2023 will be? Right in the middle of God's will for your life. That's the safest place you could be. And listen, I love when Paul gets to the end of his life, he says, it doesn't matter, I can stay or I can go. If I stay, praise the Lord, and if I go, praise the Lord. Either way, he's like, whatever's in my life, I have filled my life with God's purpose for my life so much so that I know if God takes me, it is his will. If he leaves me, it is his will. No matter what happens, I am with God, and his presence is in my life, and he protects me. I mean, what a prayer that you would keep me from evil and then that I would not cause pain. You see that last part right there? <laughs> what, what Jabez is saying is that I wouldn't mess up, right? Man, you think back in 2022 and, and you think about sometimes when you just messed up, right? You ever just messed up and you know you caused pain in your marriage and you know you caused pain in your family? You know you cause pain in someone's life or someone who's uh, part of your life and you've just messed up. What Jabez is praying here is, Lord, keep me and protect me that I may not cause pain in your kingdom and your will. Man, I pray for my life, that as my life goes, that I pray that God, please don't let me cause pain in your kingdom. Lord, keep me from messing up. Keep me from hurting and keep me from doing those things. And Lord, when I do, forgive me, restore me, put me back on my path. Because I don't want to be that person that holds up your kingdom. I don't want to be that person that willingly and knowingly causes pain to the work and the will of God. And listen, that's what happens when God calls us to do a work for Him and we don't follow His will. We don't step out. We just fall in line. It causes pain in the kingdom of God. I love what Adrian Rogers said one time. He said, being a part of God's kingdom and being a part of the church, people would ask him, well, you have 15,000 members of your church. He says, well, how many of them are active, though? How many are actually active members of your church? And he says, they're all active. They're either tearing it down or they're building it up, right? You think about that. In God's kingdom, we are either tearing it down because we're not fulfilling his will and his purpose for our life, or we're building it up because we're living by faith and trusting in God like Jabez to do something, and God's protection can keep us from that. And when we don't do that, God, please... He's praying, Lord, please don't let me be like everyone else. I want to be a kingdom builder, not a kingdom, not a kingdom who tears it down. Look what it says at the very end. So God granted him what he requested. I mean, what a prayer. And what a prayer for you and for me. And listen, for you and your life and you and your family, what is it that you think God wants to do in your life? Have you thought about it? Have you prayed about it? Have you become and understand the, God, the power of prayer in your life? And I don't know where you are in your prayer life, but I can guarantee you one thing. We can all do better, right? We can all commit to be more of prayer. And in our church, we're going to commit that as well. As I know uh, over the years, this last several years, we had our, our, our Petra prayer warriors. 
and uh, we send out prayer requests each and every week uh, from our church and I pray that you will pray through those things and I pray as a church we'll pray even more and I pray together as a church that we will begin to even in our services pray more that people will pray and people want to come pray and people want to pray in church and Jesus uh, challenged his people and said my house will be a house of prayer and for us together, when we come together, we call on the God of Israel. We call on the God who can do it all. And we need to be men and women of prayer. And this morning, I pray, as you consider your prayer life, that you ask yourself, do I pray more now than I did a year ago? Do I pray more now than I did 10 years ago? Because we should begin to pray so much so, like Paul says, that it's all continually on the, on the, on the tips of my lip. Let me tell you, that's really convicting in my life because when you go up and down uh, 95, I-95 on the traffic, right? And you go through Gatlinburg and you go through Pigeon Forge and it's just bumper to bumper the whole way. Prayer was the last thing on my tip of my lips, all right? Someone cut me off. I wasn't going to say, praise Jesus, amen for you, amen, right? I had to hold back some things because prayer wasn't on the tips of my lips. What Paul was saying and what he's saying about prayer here is so much desiring prayer that at any moment you can break into prayer. That as you begin to think about your children, oh Lord, help my children. Pray for their lives. When you think about your marriage, oh God, help my marriage. When you think about your job, Lord, help me today in my job on the tip of your tongue. And we should be men and women of prayer that everything in our life is, is girded by prayer. Not just specific times of prayer, but conversational prayer as well. That even throughout the midst of your day, you should be able to have a conversation with God at any time. Man, what a, what a desire. And I pray that that would be our heart. And then having faith in God. God's called you to do something beyond your resources. Do you have the faith to believe him? Do you have the faith, like Jabez, to say, enlarge my territory? You know, I think the biggest part for us is many times we get comfortable. You know, we get, we get comfortable and we begin to coast in our life and we get to a point where we feel like, you know what, I'm pretty much pretty good right here. You know, I think I'm just going to stay here for a while. But what you don't realize is you can never stay still with God. You either get closer or you go further away from God. And when you begin to coast, you begin to go backwards away from God. We got to be challenged. And we got to each and every year, we got to get to points in our life to say, I need to enlarge my territory. I need to be a better spiritual leader for my family. I need to be a person who trusts in God more. I need to push for something great for my life because it's just status quo. I need, I need to have the faith to trust in God to do something. And when you do that, He will give you something in your life you can do. And God's presence, God's protection in our life. And may it be for 2023 that God would grant us what we request of God this morning as we put this prayer to work in our lives. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come before you this morning, Lord. God, I pray for my own life, Lord. For God, I know that you have so many things you've called me to do, Lord. And I pray, God, that I'll have the faith to do that, God. I pray as you have called in my life to fulfill a mission that you've given me, Lord, that I would have the trust and uh, obedience to say, Lord, I trust in you, that it takes faith, that the ways are not always marked and the ways are not always known, but God, you are known. And even when we can't trace your hand, we can trust your heart, Lord, because we know that you are with us. And I pray this morning, God, just for me and then for others, that they know there's something that you've called them to do in their life and they feel like, you know what, I haven't done it, I can't do it. May this morning be the morning that they say, Lord, I'm, I'm committing this to you. 
in 2023, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to have faith and trust in you. And maybe this morning as we come and we commit to prayer, maybe someone would just commit to saying, you know what, this year I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. 365 days, I'm going to do it. This is the year that I'm going to read all the Scripture. And every day I'm going to pray and read the Bible every single day. Man, I pray that you will commit that to the Lord if that's what God has put on your heart. But i got to also pray, Lord, for our prayer life. That may prayer be conversational life, but also prayer may be a time in our life where we set it aside. Maybe it'll take putting, taking Facebook off our phone or Instagram off our phone. And every time we want to do that, we'll go to God in prayer. Maybe we'll just say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to watch this TV show for that 30 minutes. I'm going to concentrate on praying to God during that 30 minutes. Or maybe it's something that you do, a habit or something you know that you could give up for 15 minutes and say, God, instead of doing that, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to pray to you every time I think about this in my life. God, I pray as we make commitments like that in our life that we desire for your will for our life. God, my desire is for your will for this church. And I pray as a body of believers, Lord, that we will trust in you to do something beyond our capability, beyond our power. And we'll have the faith and trust in you to see you do something that you've done before, God. That's something so wonderful and something so great that only people would look and say, that's got to be God in their life. God, we thank you for the promise we have in your presence. And maybe someone's here and they realize they have tough days ahead. Maybe they realize in 2023, they have times where all they're going to need is your, they need your presence in their life, Lord. Maybe it's a hard time in a relationship, or maybe it's a hard time with their health, or maybe it's a hard time and, and your presence needs to be so real in their life. I pray for, that, for your presence in their life, Lord. I pray this morning as we commit this year to you, God, that we will pray for your protection and your power and your presence in our life, Lord. As we commit it to you, Lord, may it be like Jabez, that you will grant our request to you, Lord. It is our prayer in our heart this morning. God, I pray as we continue to seek you this morning individually, Lord, we're going to play a song. And during this song, I just encourage you to, right where you sit, to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And if you want to come down to the front and kneel, if you want to uh, grab somebody by the hand and say, hey, will you pray with me? You're more than welcome to do that. We'll have two to three minutes. And I just encourage you, maybe right where you sit, you just need to take us uh, and kneel right where you are and just submit yourself before the Lord and say, God, I need you in a powerful way in my life this year. I'm committing it to you to do something great in my life. Whatever it may be, I pray for these next few moments as we play this song that you will just seek God's will for your life. In Jesus' name we pray.